Hello, sports fans of the Rio Grande Valley, and thank you for joining us on another edition of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. Don't forget, fans, we drop episodes every Monday on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Today's guest, he is joining us from Dallas, Texas. He is a former resident of the RGV, Opportunities Outside the Valley, took him away from us. But that's okay because he's putting the Rio Grande Valley into the prime showings of the MASL. He played for RGV La Fiera back in the heyday, but nonetheless, he is making his home now in Dallas, Texas. He is former Brownsville UTB TSC Scorpions Juan Gamboa. Juan, welcome aboard. Thank you for having me, Ray. Uh, it's uh, it's awesome to get to talk to you again. And uh, again, it's uh, I'm excited to be on here. So thank you. No, no, no. Thank you for taking the time uh, for coming to our show. So Juan, let's uh, get this show rolling. So after you leave high school at uh, Pace, you get to play at uh, with the Scorpions. How was how was the years like and what have you heard from some of your former teammates then? And, um, I was lucky enough to be the one of the first classes, uh, actually the first class of UTB TSC soccer. Um, I mean, it was just an awesome experience. I still keep in touch with uh, a lot of my friends from, from the team and, and we like seeing how some of the uh, international boys are doing every once in a while, and we, we still have a little bit of chat here and there with them. So, I mean, it's just a, a, a great time at UTB where we got to play and meet with a, a lot of great people. And, you know, after you finish your career with uh, the Scorpions, you took a little bit of time off, and then you decided to join the uh, indoor soccer ranks. How did that come along? Uh, I mean, I remember working for La Fiera at the time. I was just doing their stats and a little bit of PR work. But uh, how did that e evolution happen? You know, you, um, I know the coach Mariano Bolela, uh, who is one of the uh, few Argentine people I know. How did that process come along? I mean, it's kind of a, a crazy story. Um, I mean, I grew up in the Dallas area through elementary and we moved down to Brownsville about middle school uh, when I hit sixth grade. So uh, while I was up here, I was able to attend some indoor soccer games uh, with the Dallas sidekicks. Uh, I got to see Tattoo and all of those guys uh, ripping it up when I was young. And then we moved to uh, Brownsville and you kind of forget about the professional indoor soccer scene. Um, because down south, we didn't have anything similar to that. Our out, our indoor fields were outside, and we played out in the in the open pretty much. Where uh, in Brownsville, we have some outdoor indoor soccer. So um, you just, I mean, like I said, I just uh, I tried my shot at outdoor. Had a couple of um, opportunities to uh, to keep playing, but uh, nothing really worked out at the end. So. Um, I came up to Dallas when I saw they were coming back in 2012. I tried out for the Dallas Sidekicks. Um, 
never, I mean, got a no or, or pretty much never got a call back from them. Uh, so I went back home thinking that that was it. I mean, I was just going to play soccer with my friends at the men's leagues and stuff like that. So um, then I saw an opportunity pop up in, in McAllen or uh, talking about professional indoor soccer with uh, RGV, La, RGV Flash. It started as RGV Flash. I went to go try out. Um, I mean, luckily, uh, Coach Bolela Mariano, I mean, uh, he saw something in me that, that intrigued him enough to ask me to keep going whenever I could. Um, I was already working as a teacher's aide at a middle school at that time. So he gave me the opportunity to go and practice on the weekends, go watch the games, just try and uh, get to know the game as much as possible. And I mean, I, I was, uh, I mean, I'm still very grateful to Mariano for everything he did for me. Um, so, I mean, I started, that's how I got on the team, just by going to the tryouts and him. I mean, like I said, I don't know what he saw in me, but luckily he did, and he pulled me into the group. And um, halfway through the season, Bonti had a hand injury, and uh, he asked me if I was if I could play, and I said, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll do my best. And uh, uh, funny enough, my first professional game was against the Dallas Sidekicks back in uh, 2012, I believe. Um, so we, I play, uh, and then same thing, once he gets better, he starts playing again. And then close to the end of the season, I think he, he had to go back to Argentina and, uh, coach Bolela just asked me to step in. And, uh, I mean, uh, the, the group was a great group of guys and they helped me throughout the, the process. And we ended up making it to the semifinal that year, that first year. Yeah, uh, I, I I will never forget that season, how everything went down uh, for me professionally, you know, because uh, it was my first time working indoor soccer. And and for me, I, I have to be grateful for the organization at the uh, time, um, mm -hmm. the Flash and the Fiera people who, who gave me the my, my first opportunity to work any type of soccer. And in fact, Oh man, it, it, and I'll take and I'll take you through your your first season when you came in for for Bonti. I mean, which was uh, quite a difficult one, and and some people kept asking me like, "Hey, what's going on here? What, what what's happening?" And I, I go, "Look, uh, you, you know, I don't know what happened with the player. I know he's no longer with the team, and and boom, he he was gone. You know." And uh, and next thing you know, um, the the way I saw it was okay. They're bringing in a, a local guy, and it's uh, fa fantastic, you know, because the valley has been known to bring out a, a lot of good soccer players and bring out a, a lot of good teams. So, in your first season, so you go seven and one. Um, you ended up with a slightly below five goals against. Average in over four hundred, um, and over four, yeah, approximately over five hundred minutes of game time. Okay, not easy to do as a, as a rookie prospect coming in with a veteran who has been there before, who's seen the game, and then 
you guys reached to the semifinals that year. The following year, you know, your second year with, with the team, you know, you kind of get better. You, you play an entire season between the pipes. Uh, how how did your game grow uh, psychologically and maturity from a professional standpoint? I mean, like I said, the group of guys I was able to join, uh, they were all so experienced. They all knew the game so well that me stepping in there was just a matter of listening to them and doing the things Coach Bolela told me to do. I mean, he's he's such a great coach that he knew my capabilities at the time. So he, he knew that the way I would be able to play and help the team out. Um, so, I mean, I appreciate Coach Bolela teaching me uh, taking the time to show me the game. And like I said, I just had such a great group of guys that they made my job easy. I mean, pretty much my job was save shots that came at me. I didn't have to worry too much about uh, building the game up like I do now. Uh, I didn't have to worry about any type of um, defensive positions and, and organizing guys because the guys knew so much and knew it so well that they did everything pretty much. And my job was to save shots. And uh, I mean, like you said, um, I, I think I, I helped the team out as much as I could. You, you know, you mentioned your first game was against the uh, Dallas sidekicks. Uh, you ended up uh, uh, facing seven. Uh, you ended up uh, having seven saves, uh, six goals against, and the, uh, and they win. Yeah. Uh, it, very, it was a very uh, difficult game because of how of how comp- of of how competitive Dallas was at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the second year, you, you end up going to the semifinals. And then, you know, the season goes on, the, the team shuts down, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a pickle uh, where you're constantly mo- uh, moving teams. Uh, how was that experience like, you know, uh, not knowing the uh, certainties that the uh, that the season would bring, you know, you, you – you end up leaving uh, Hidalgo when they shut down the team. You, you latched on with Oxford City, um, Texas, uh, in your third year as a pro. And ever since, I mean, your career has taken off and being a uh, sidekick's, uh, sidekick's uh, keeper. How, how's that, uh, uh, you know, re- relationship slash uh, professionalism with you been like at this time? Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, that third year with La Fiera, uh, we had um, the organization had a couple pickups. Or, I mean, it was getting kind of hard to uh, keep the team alive, I guess. And we had to find a little way out. And at the moment, Oxford opened up its arms to most of us. So we kind of, uh, the majority of the team kind of shifted over to Oxford for the rest of that season. Um, what I did uh, move over to Oxford. I got I got a little injury that kept me out for I want to say about four to five games. Uh, so uh, it was a pretty big little gap of, of time that I didn't get to play. Um, and then we end up losing um, a playoff game against the Dallas Sidekicks, I believe, that year. Um, and I mean, I had already been. Um, 
I had been asked by the psychic's owner if I was interested in in coming up and playing with them that that for that year before when we made it to the final against Chicago. Um, I mean, and and it was a. Uh, just getting um, that call and, and seeing that people were paying attention to me and, and liking the way I was playing the indoor game gave me um, a little more sense of um, of maybe I can do something and, and become something in this game. So that, that kind of felt good, getting someone reaching out, uh, asking if I was interested. Unfortunately, um, you know, indoor soccer is not, uh, um, you're not going to be able to survive solely on playing indoor soccer. So uh, my first my first thing was trying to find a job up in the Dallas area. And that first year, uh, I was not successful in finding a job. So I, I stayed that third season with Hidalgo. And then uh, once that all breaks down, the the chance of coming to sidekicks after that season with Oxford is still there. And, uh, I mean, as hard as it was, um, leaving my family and leaving my friends, everything I knew, um, I knew it would be a challenge. And, and I told my parents that I was ready to face a, a different challenge in my life because I felt that in, in the Valley, I had, um, I had already, accomplished what I could have accomplished what I could accomplish in the valley and and I felt like uh, I was already at a level where I mean that I mean not to sound arrogant or anything uh, but I was at a level where I knew people knew me and people would uh, reach out to me and, and help um, want me to play for them and stuff like that so uh, I was just ready for a new challenge and I mean uh, once I got the, the go from uh, 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 opening here in Dallas or my school that I'm still at right now, once they gave me the green light that I was uh, approved to be a teacher there for them, I mean, I took it and I, mean, I haven't looked back since. Uh, you know, you, you say that uh, players don't so solely survive on, on indoor soccer. You become a teacher. Uh, and, and how's that been like for you? Uh, working in the education field, you know, uh, trying to to task uh, playing uh, playing two professions now, teaching and playing indoor soccer. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been it's been tough. Um, it's a lot of hours when we're in season, um, but I mean, I I I can't be any more grateful to to the awesome school district that I work for. They've always um, been very. Uh, understanding and I mean they'll they'll they know I play they um, I hope they enjoy knowing that I'm part of of a professional indoor soccer team so I mean it's just uh, it's just been a it's awesome that they let me do that I mean I, I've been there for six years now so um, but this is my sixth year and I mean I, I, I couldn't ask for a better school district to uh, to work for because they're so uh, understanding and, and uh, encompassing of, of my love for soccer. I mean, but like you said, when, when the season starts going, I'm coaching the high school soccer team. Once that's over, 
I'm I'm rushing over to uh to my psychics practices because we practice at night uh, most of the time. So get out of school about six, drive an hour home because my my workplace is about forty five minutes to an hour away from where I live. Uh, so I drive that hour, get a quick bite to eat, uh, see my babies for a little bit, then head to practice till about eleven o'clock at night. Come back home, try and get as much rest as possible, wake up at 5, 5.30 in the morning, and do it all over again. Um, so, yeah, once soccer season hits, I, I'm pretty busy. It's more of a, I'm more of a zombie. But, uh, I mean, I still love playing, and, and I'm going to still keep working as hard as I can to be able to keep doing what I love. You know, the following you on social media, you know, you you, you have this thing called uh, Gometa goalkeeping gloves. How was that born, and how has that helped you, like, just focus away from your two professions, you know, and be somewhat of a, a designer for soccer goalies? I mean, that started, uh, I mean, I've always loved to draw. Um, and when I was younger, um, probably in the college in college, a little bit uh, after college, maybe, uh, I started really getting into um, uh, small goalkeeper brands, and I, I tried to look for stuff here in the USA and tried to support uh, smaller independent brands. Because, I mean, for, the, for my whole career, uh, I was always into Nike because Jorge Campos was a was my idol and he wore Nike. So I always wanted to be in Nike gear and stuff like that. But uh, as I got older, I started to notice these smaller independent brands. And I mean, um, I love to draw. So I, I would just being the young, naive kind of guy, I, I would draw some ideas up and send it to them just uh, thinking they might like the ideas and, and uh, seeing if they'd have ever be interested um, in, in making them and stuff like that. And um, during that time, I, I mean, nowadays Facebook opens you up to a bunch of bunch of things, right? So when I was doing that, I started getting messages from uh, factories. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I just took my shot, designed my first pair. Um, I actually wore them while I was with Lucky, uh, with flashed my first year and then um the, the business you just keep looking for factories that you uh, enjoy their quality of work so i finally found uh, some factories that i believe uh made the quality I, I wanted to put out and uh i mean i've been working on it since uh, 2013 trying to create new designs new models um and I mean, luckily, I'm still able to keep it moving. Uh, we're still we're still a, a, a small brand, but I mean, it's my own brand. It's my own company, and I, uh, I mean, I would like to think that uh, people enjoy wearing my designs and they enjoy my my gloves. So, um, I mean, it's just something that makes me feel good when I I get messages from. Uh, goalies saying how much they enjoy the gloves or seeing pictures of them online wearing them and stuff like that so I'm just uh, thankful for all the customers who have supported me throughout these uh, 
almost seven years now. So, I mean, it's, it's just, I get to tie the two things I, I really enjoy doing, drawing and, uh, and uh, creating, wearing my own design, goalkeeper gloves. What's been your number one selling design that you have personally created and that, and that has uh, garnered the most attention for you? Oh, I want to see if I have something. Let me get something real quick. So, every year I try and, uh, Jorge Campos, like I said, is my idol. Okay. So I have this colorful camo design that I came up with uh, early, maybe 2014, 2015, the actual camo uh, design. Um, and I just bring it back like every year in a new updated version. Okay. And those uh, those seem to be very well liked. I mean, so every year that I change the model up a little bit, I'll I'll still bring out that that colorful camo design because uh, I mean people love the the colorful camo and I mean it's it reminds me of Jorge Campos. So uh, I think this camo it's been around for a while, but like I said, every time it it makes an appearance, it, it's a pretty good seller. So. I would, I would like to think um, colorway wise or, or colors that colorful camo is, is probably one of our best design. Now, now personally, you, you speaking, you know, you play for the sidekicks. Uh, have you ever had to like come up with like your own uh, personal design, like within sidekick colors or even try to, uh, to pitch like a sales proposal, like, Hey, get, get some uh, limited edition, uh, sidekick uh, color um, goal, goalie gloves. Has, has that ever crossed your, your mind? I mean, um, a couple years back, I did make uh, green and white goalie gloves that would uh, match the sidekick's colors. Um, I made a, I mean, I made them, I made, I think, maybe five pairs, and, and I decided I was going to wear them myself for the season or, or whatever amount they would last me for. Um and I've, I have thought about it. I mean, I've just never brought it up to our owners and and uh, making sure that there wouldn't be a problem with me maybe um, using the team logo or, or anything like that. Um, I have thought about making like a club edition gloves with sidekicks colors and, and things like that. The thing is, I switch gloves very often. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel so comfortable and in my gloves that I could, uh, I could wear like any pair any night. Um, uh, so I have maybe like six or seven models at the same time and, and I just rotate through them. And then, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have enough gloves to wear. Um, usually if, if we lose that night, I, I give those gloves away to someone in the stands. So, uh, when we lose, someone goes home with, with that pair of gloves. Uh, um, so I'm always rotating gloves and I'm always switching the designs and stuff like that. So um, I do like the idea and, and I have thought about it. I just don't know how long I'd be able to wear the, the same model for just because I'm always wanting to wear different stuff. You know, you being as a goalie designer and all this stuff, I mean, it's just a true truly fascinating because i myself 
I mean, I love the sport of soccer. Uh, I play it eh, sparingly, but not all that much. Uh, but is there that one, one design that you've done that's really uh, done so well that maybe you've created a, a couple of sets just for you to just have uh, like multiple multiple numbers of and just use uh, like at a running time? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the, every design I make is, is like my baby. I mean, <laughs> so I, I mean, and I feel the gloves I make, I make sure that I personally enjoy them and I would personally wear them at any time. So, I mean, I do, I mean, I do... I know what you're saying. I do have a model that I, I mean, I try and use whenever I can, which is this one. And we just update it. Like right now, this is a, a navy blue and silver colorway. But uh, this this model, the G Ultra, I mean, I think for indoor soccer is such a great model just because it it, it has the the good cushion on the palm. Uh, it has the nice rubber backhand, so when you put your uh, fist on the ground like your latex isn't tearing up so I think this model right here for uh, for indoor soccer is is on the top of my list um, but like I said uh, I mean I feel comfortable in any one of my gloves that uh, you'll usually see me in different models the only time I wear the same gloves is uh, if we win they'll keep they'll keep coming out as long as we're winning once, uh, once we, we we take an L, uh, I switch them up and bring out a different pair. So, uh, uh, as you could probably tell if you're looking at the stats, uh, I haven't worn the same gloves uh, very often these last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's just a part of the process. But I, I, I mean, I gotta ask you. I mean, designer gloves, uh, both indoor, outdoor soccer. And what about for the young ones, you know, are, are they available for kids as well? Yeah, I actually have uh, about two, two models that I do make from sizes uh, three all the way up to size adults. So I do try and create a couple of models every season that younger goalkeepers can, can get their hands in uh, just because, I mean, like you said, us playing and uh, people watching us—it's it, always awesome to see those younger, younger goalies come up to you after the game and telling you how much they enjoy the enjoyed the game and watching you play and stuff. So I always try and have uh, the smaller sizes for those the, those younger goalkeepers that that might look up to us older keepers. Yeah, I mean, you know, I. I we didn't talk about this before the show, but uh, <laughs> one of the, one of the more colorful things that I think we both have in common, we're both Snoopy fans. But how did your love for Snoopy and Charlie Brown begin? Uh, <laughs> how was that? Well, I, I, it's funny you ask because I saw that peanut, that Snoopy uh, Hot Wheels you have behind you. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but I have my own. Uh, Snoopy calendar up here. And, oh, lovely. Lovely stuff. And then I have my piggy bank. And I mean, 
I have a lot of uh, Snoopy stuff. Like, like you said, I mean, uh, I was young. I mean, I want to say like in elementary. I don't know how I got my hands on um, this 50th year um, special edition of uh, maybe at a book fair or something. I saw a 50th year uh, Snoop uh, Peanuts collection. And I mean, I just read the crap, read the heck out of that, uh, those comics very often. And then I got into drawing and I would draw them uh, as often as I could. And and as I got older and uh, was able to buy more stuff, I mean, I started going to bookstores and I would see these special edition uh, Peanuts books and um, maybe toys and uh, I've actually been lucky enough to go to the Peanuts Museum in California. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know what it is about. I mean, my favorite character is Snoopy. I don't know what it is about him. I mean, his comics, uh, he usually is just a pretty cool dude. And <laughs> they kind of make me chuckle every once in a while. So uh, it's just something that I, I've enjoyed uh, reading and looking at since I was younger. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's something about him that, that just, I, I, I like, uh, you, you know, quick story for me. Um, I, um, I was probably a junior at South Texas junior college and, um, or, or South Texas college, not junior college. Uh, but, um, I, it was like close to the winter semester. It was about to end and everyone was about to go on break for winter holiday. And I was uh, doing a couple of assignments, but like once I needed like a little break, I would go, I would go read the uh, newspaper and there, there was a series that, or at least in, the, in that particular week, they had the uh, peanuts, uh, the series where he would be outdoors uh, playing hockey with uh, Woodstock. And he cried about the unfair advantages about having to play in uh, Woodstock's rink. And then that's how the evolution for me be, uh, started to begin. And that car you saw in the back, that was uh, released when the Peanuts movie was coming out. And then I have, and then I have two more um, cars that actually came out at the beginning of this year, like right before the pandemic started hitting. And... And it's like every time I, I, I see a Snoopy, I buy it. <laughs> and, you, you know, when they McDonald's had the uh, uh -huh. the, the uh, Happy Meals, I, I ended up uh, scooping up like two of the books and the two Snoopy uh, standing figures when he goes to space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how my, uh, my love for Snoopy began when I was in, in college, you know, because... Uh, he applies these life lessons to like everyday life that one doesn't like uh, uh, seem to to latch on and it's uh, something that uh, you know I, I, I kind of fi I find myself connected to because I have uh, dogs that I own personally and 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 each and every single one of them that I've had uh, I've tr I've tried to name them after a peanuts character I mean <laughs> I, I, I've had my two current outdoor dogs one of them is Ashley which I, I really wanted to name Lucy and the other yeah. one is Sally. Okay. So I, I really, I, like I said, I, I mean, I, I've enjoyed my, uh, my readings with the following the peanuts museum, the 
Peanuts on Facebook, uh, Twitter. I mean, it's just uh, lovely, lovely uh, stuff, you know, it, because it gives you those teachings that can also be applied to everyday life. But my my favorite series is when he's playing hockey and he plays a tribute to Gordy Howe. Okay. Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Hockey Player, as he called him. <laughs> but Quan, I really uh, w- want to wrap this conversation up. You know, are you going to be back with the uh, sidekicks this year? Yeah, I mean, uh, thankfully they uh, they still believe in me, and um, I, I actually signed a two year uh, two year extension earlier this earlier this year. So, uh, I mean, um, I don't know if you've read. Uh, we actually have a, a little. In, uh, in December, um, where we're going to be playing uh, St. Louis and uh, Kansas City, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, at some point, we, we weren't sure what, what was going to happen this year due to COVID and, and all that stuff. But we've got the green light, and, and hopefully uh, the season can uh, can play its way out this year. And, and I'm excited. And um I mean, I've been working hard, and hopefully by the time uh, the season gets here, uh, I'll be able to uh, help the team as much as possible. You know, a couple of more questions, and we'll wrap it up. You know, I want to go back and and talk a little bit more sidekicks. You know, uh, you having to replace a a legend up there in in, in Sagu, how how much of of a responsibility has that been, trying to fill those big shoes uh, departed by the Brazilian? Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's a legend. Um, I don't know if you saw him play last season. He had to jump in with Mesquite, and, and he still did a, an amazing job. I mean, it, it was um, it was just – I just uh, came here. I knew he he was going to be stepping down and, and ready to, to hang his gloves up for a little bit. So um, knowing that, I knew I had to come in here and – and do my best, um, work as hard as I could to uh, to make sure the uh, the ownership and the coaches believed in me and entrusted me to be their keeper. And um, I mean, luckily, this will be my fifth season with the Sidekicks already. And um, I mean, we haven't gotten the results we we would like. Um, but I believe personally, I have uh, I've been able to demonstrate my abilities and and uh, why I'm still able to be able to be part of a, a professional indoor soccer team. And you know, when when COVID struck, you know what went through your mind? You know, uh, you know, you, you being a father, you know, recently married, and all this stuff. Uh, how's that been how's that process been like having to train having to keep sharp having to teach kids and having to do the online schooling stuff how has that affected affected you uh, just uh from uh from a psychological standpoint that everything's like restricted uh, to everything at this point yeah i mean uh that, that, that first the first couple months i think uh we went out to spring break expecting to come back and, and play um sidekicks actually had a game that spring break weekend and that was going to be our last two games of the season we we're going to travel to um 
I can't remember exactly where we were going to travel. We were going to travel somewhere, play the last two two games of the season. And then with my school, we had one district game left. So we were we went to spring break thinking everything was going to continue as planned. Um, then we get the news that school is going to go remote. The MASL season has been postponed. Um, now we're teaching from home, trying to come up with uh, a way to have the students be able to get all the information they needed for the rest of the, the year and have them finish off the year um, on a good note. Um, so everything, like you said, uh, everything hit pretty hard. I was at home with my five, six month old twin babies. So um, uh, during that time, it was really hard to, I mean, get any, get the work done uh, for school uh, um, because, I mean, I was at home with my babies um, when I had to come do uh, schoolwork down in my office. I mean, you can hear the babies playing upstairs and you can hear them screaming and you can hear them crying and and as a dad, I mean, you want to be there and help as much as, as possible. So uh, it got kind of tricky with, uh, with me being at home and, and wanting to help with the babies and, and be around them as much as possible and trying to get all the work I needed to get done with, uh, with school and stuff like that. So that was one of the major, um, major little bumps that, that happened during, during, uh, this quarantine or, or remote learning time that that COVID caused. Um, I mean, as a dad, I was blessed to be able to stay home with my babies and watch them grow and watch them learn and, and see a bunch of things that I would have missed if I were at school teaching and stuff like that. So in, in that sense, it was like a, a blessing in disguise getting, getting able to see all that stuff happening and actually being there with them. So, um, but then, like you said, having to teach and stuff, uh, it was it was a little tricky, but I mean, luckily we were able to, to get it done. And and actually the school district that I work for, we've, uh, we've been back in school um, in person since August 10th. I mean, we started the school year um, back in person. Uh, everybody, uh, I mean, they had the, they had the um, the option to stay at home and do remote learning, but the majority of, of students returned to school, and, and we've been person to person, face to face since since the beginning of this school year. So that's helped. And uh, to touch back on like uh, trying to stay in shape, uh, quarantine was uh, me not staying in shape. Uh, I think I gained about. 20 pounds during that time. Uh, so I've been trying to work that off uh, since uh, since summer and, and uh, hopefully I can get the rest of these extra pounds off here before the season gets back. <laughs> yeah, you know, Juan, you know, before we leave, uh, you know, just give yourself a little promo where people can find your products and the products uh, that you offer for the Gometa goalkeeping. So, um, yeah, uh, we have a Facebook, Gometa Sports. We have an Instagram. 
Um, our website is gometagk.com. Um, and then we have, I want to say at least 12 to 15 different models available. Um, and like I said, some of those do come in sizes uh, 3 to 10. And then uh, the uh, most of them come in sizes 7 to 10. So they have a wide variety of styles and models and um, a good amount of different sizes people can pick pick from. Um, we do try and release new, new versions every couple of months. We try to cycle through through the through the models and, and bring out new colorways and, and new ideas every every once in a while. But uh, yeah, our social media, our Instagram and our Facebook is, is probably the, uh, the best way to keep in touch and, and keep up an update of, of all the new stuff we're coming out with. Juan, many, many thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, like I said, many thanks, bro. Stay safe up in Dallas. Uh, hope we can catch up soon again. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ray. And, uh, I mean, thank you for having me. And uh, just want to give a shout out to the RGV. I mean, y'all don't know how how much I miss it being down there, just the people and then the food. I mean, I, I love that RGV food down there. But, um, I mean, like I said, I wanted to, to come up here and get a challenge. And, um I think I've I've been able to stand up to that challenge and and uh, I was lucky enough to uh, to meet my wife up here to form a, a beautiful family. Um, so I mean I'm blessed um, and, and this is my new home. And um, if y'all ever want to visit Dallas, Texas, uh, y'all are more than welcome to come up here and then and we'll show you uh, we'll show you guys around. So thank you. Hello, sports fans. Thanks for listening to another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. This is your host, Ray Silva. Be tuned next week for another great episode as we drop podcasts every Monday here on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Don't forget, our podcast can also be found via Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, and Spotify. Thanks for listening.